0: Are
1: you
0: ready, kids? hi Captain! Look at the shot. I'm the Captain now. Welcome to the Super Coach Co-Captains Podcast. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Supercoach Co-Captains Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Dano, that call me Dusty today because I am fucked. And with me, as always, we have Pato. Welcome, Pato. Hello, Dano. Hello, listeners. For once, I am not the dusty one. Um, So, yeah, this should be good. Yeah. Um, We're going to do a Defenders uh, chat this week. Listeners, So we're going to go through primo slash keepers, um, some breakout contenders, mid-prices, and cash cows and rookies. So we're just going to do a massive dump into this. Um, not full of shit, though. It's going to be full of high-quality discussion, Pado.
1: Yes, full deep dive, everything you need to know about the defence line this year. This is obviously pre-official practice games. Uh, but everything we know so far, we're going to put in one place for you all to listen to and hopefully help decide your starting defence line.
0: Yeah, yeah. We'll kick it off with Primo. So, um, I want to start off with Nick Dacos, Pado, because I know we're both not starting him. Like, obviously, the dude's a fucking jet, but why aren't you starting him at the start of this season?
1: So, my, my issue with Nick Dacos... Um, is his first couple of uh, first few weeks. So he starts off with Sydney in round one, who has an average of 71.5 against in his two games and has granted the person that locked down on him is no longer on Sydney's list, but I do feel like that forward lockdown role will go to someone else in that team. Uh The coaching staff hasn't changed and that same mentality will still be there. Um, In saying that at, at all. It sounds like Nick Dacos is going to play a predominantly midfield role, so that does throw a little bit of a spanner into the works. We'll see what the role looks like during preseason, but I still feel like Sydney will throw a tagger on him in round one. In round two, he also has the Saints who used Windhager a lot last year as a tagger, so that's possibly back-to-back tags to start the year. Then Hawthorne in round four scared the fuck out of me as well against... Collingwood, because they are another team that tagged a lot, um, averages 77 against them. Then he has a buy in round five. So, I feel like he will be nice and right for the picking probably after that round five buy, depending on what he scores against them and what his break-even balloons out to.
0: Now, there's also another thing with Nick Dacos, and that's this opening round thing. So, obviously... The the way that the super coach game will work is here now. The points don't count in opening round, do they? No, but
1: uh, price movement does.
0: Yeah. So what I'm getting at here, and what no one's really been talking about, is the players from the Swans, Demons, Lions, Carlton, um, Suns, Richmond, Giants, Pies. They effectively get one less game during the season because they get those early buys.
1: Correct. So it works really well for cash cows. Um, you get one look at a uh, Charlie Dean if he plays in O round, um, and guys like that just to see the role, see what they score, and then you can fast track price. So I think there's a there's an avenue there where you can jump onto a few guys that will really aggressively change in price after their O round games
0: and potentially just fast track that uh cash generation. But what I'm getting at here is Nick Dacos is one of those players. And then he has a bye not long after. So, you're effectively picking him in opening round to not go towards your overall score, and then you've effectively lost him for a, a round during the year. So but he that, has the Giants in O round. That's what I mean. So, it's you're, you're even if he pumps out a fat-ass score in opening round, it doesn't count towards your o- overall score.
1: No, but it does count towards... Gosh, you can see where I'm getting? Uh,
0: yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm focused on overall score here. Yep. You're effectively picking up Dacos at 650k or whatever he is for one less game in the year. Correct. That's part of the reason why I'm avoiding him. The Ryan Clark thing because he's gone. I'm not too phased about the McGuinness tag. I am. Um, but yeah, that whole opening round vibe is the reason why I'm avoiding him because I'm trying to I'm trying to pick it as little opening round players as possible, but at the same time, there's some that I just can't ignore. So, yeah, that's why I'm avoiding Dacos myself. But, hey, if people have got structures that allow them to have Dacos and are okay with him missing effectively one scoring round in the season for them, go ahead and pick him because he is a fucking jet.
1: He, He should be in everyone's team by the end of the year, 100%. Yeah. Um. I just feel like we can get him at the very least under 600K, but possibly even towards 550K. It all depends on that Hawthorne game in round four.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next one we'll talk about is a second highest um priced defender. That's James Sicily. Now, Pato, we, we've both got Sicily, haven't we? Because I know he's my day one at the moment.
1: No, I, he's not currently in my team. I've got
0: <laughs> Stuart in my team
1: instead um but sicily is certainly someone that is on my radar um he, i i feel like because he he misses games every year whether it's suspension whether it's injury or whatever um you're going to want to start him i think and um yeah enjoy the price rises if he misses if he has a 3 week suspension for flogging someone off the ball then you just <laughs> you move him on with one of your 7000 trades we've got this year
0: yeah yeah. So, yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of James Sicily. from all reports. He's just uh, the the James Sicily we all know, he's he's going to have a good year. So, I Yeah.
1: Um, it I'm all, okay it okay all depends on here. it all depends on James Blank. He was the key last year. Um mm-hmm. as as we mentioned a lot, don't know, in our yeah. podcasts, um but from all accounts, James Blank will play that lockdown role. Um Granger Barris isn't even in the, in the team anymore, is he? He's moved. I cannot remember. Um, but, yeah, he he'll, James Cicely be free to sort of play on that second tall or play as a loose defender, and, and that's how he's going to average 115-odd like he usually does.
0: Yeah, the bloke that I said that I would never start at the start of a Supercoach season, again, I am starting this year, and that's Tom Stewart. Yeah, is our third one. I got banned last year burned a few trades, ended up getting him back in eventually. Fucking anyway. Um, I'm not even fussed about, like, the talk about him playing midfield time because when you look at the data, even when he did start at CBAs, he ended up floating back into defence anyway. So, yeah, Stewart is just a machine. I don't don't know how he does it. He does it so well. And he's going to be one that you're going to have in your team anyway. So, you might as well just... Pick either one of Cicely Stewart or both at the start of the year for me.
1: Yeah, 100% Dano. Um, average of 114 last year. That includes the 18 that he got in round one when he was injured. Uh, you, you can't not start him. I don't think. Um, I, I think, yeah, his, the, it's crazy. the the rumored midfield role is actually helpful as well because his potential clearances on offer there as well as his loose defence sort of stats as well.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's crazy that he's actually underpriced too.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's wild.
0: It's absolutely wild.
1: And he doesn't miss a game until around fourteen because he has the O week O round bye.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah.
1: just yeah, start him. Enjoy the scores.
0: <laughs> he's a bit of a POD one. Um, currently in, I think, yep, 3% of teams at the moment. That's Luke Ryan, the fake primo that you claimed last year, <laughs> Pato. Um, 109.5 average last year, played every game, was solid. I, I, I'm favouring someone else in that team, um, as is most of the competition. Uh, but look, Lukey Ryan could be, uh, a reason why you win your league or you or you lose, I don't really know, but he he has the potential to score freaking massive and it'll be interesting to see how he goes in um the first few rounds as well.
1: Yeah, see, I'm not as huge on Luke Ryan uh, as a primo slash keeper because he still hasn't shown he's quite at the level of who I think there is... I think there is four really top-tier defense primos this year uh, That that's excluding who we think will break out into that echelon who's playing a midfield role, um, who we'll talk about very soon. But I feel like Luke Ryan isn't quite there because if you look at his scores from last year, there's just too many scores in the 80s and 90s for me to get really excited and why I was calling him such a fe- fake primo last year. But you're right, like he's the sort of POD that will win you league matchups, he will, I mean, we'll probably see when he has big games, the weekly winners will probably have the in their team. Like, he's the sort of person that can go 150 plus and be a bit of a POD for you, but he's also the person that can drop an 80 because he's playing a little bit more lockdown and will really frustrate people and I think six hundred and eleven K is just too much to spend for a guy like that. Um if he gets a bit cheaper we can possibly look at him post buy. Um but yeah. It's a no from me to start and we'll reassess for the second half of the year.
0: Yeah. How old do you think he is? He's only about twenty seven, isn't he? Just turned twenty eight on Feb six. Well wow. Yeah. Yeah everyone thinks he's in his thirties. <laughs> Nope. <laughs> yeah, no, 28. Hitting his AFL prime, 28.
1: Just there you saying. go. Stop, stop giving me reasons to second guess. <laughs> uh, moving on. No, sorry, um, just quickly. You're right, though. You look at your Stewarts and Sicily is like they're, they're at that age uh, or they're obviously older than that, but that, it was really when they hit that 28, 29 mark that they really exploded as right proper 110-plus guys. And I... Like Ryan could get there.
0: Um we'll see. Yeah. Um we got Jack Sinclair up next from the Saints. Uh had a slightly down year by his previous year standard, but at the same time, still averaged 106.7 and was the fifth best Oh, sorry, sixth no, no, yeah, fifth best ranked um defender in Supercoach. The thing that oh, got Jack's Yeah, on the thing that got Jack Sinclair um, a bit up and down was when he was playing in the middle. Now, when he plays in the middle, he doesn't score as good. When he plays in defence, he seagulls it. It's great. So, word in the St Kilda camp, they are trying to use Jack Sinclair less in the middle, but then there's that word trying. How much can you read into that, Pato?
1: It's one of those things, and I feel like we saw this a couple of years ago with Jaden Short, and I know we're going to talk about Jaden Short, but he had a bit of a midfield role change, and it didn't quite work out for him. And the year before Jaden Short moved in the midfield, it was Rory Laird, and obviously, that worked out very well for him, and we had Dawson last year, so... They tried to put Sinclair in the middle and that was probably Sinclair suggesting that he really wants to play midfield. Everyone wants to play midfield, but unfortunately there's only sort of five or six guys that can rotate through there. Yeah. Um He may still be part of the midfield rotation. I feel like with the Saints, they will move him back into defense. That's when they played their best footy. That's when Jack Sinclair played his best footy. That's when he scored his best in a Supercoach sense. So... We will be, he's an absolute preseason watch. Um, I, I haven't got his ownership in front of me right now, but 15, he's a sort of person, pardon,
0: 15%.
1: So he's a sort of person. If he drops a 150 in a preseason game, that could jump to sort of 30, 40% if he's playing that halfback role. Um, yeah. and he could represent a bit of value there. So maybe, maybe you need 40k to upgrade your ruck line and you go Stewart down to Sinclair to free up that cash. Like, these are, this is the sort of tinkering that um, people will be doing in pre-season. That happens every year. And it could be a bit of a value at under 600K. Yep, yep,
0: agreed. Agreed. He's one I'll be keeping a close eye on. Um, one that you left off... <laughs> Sorry, still dusty. One that you left off the run sheet because you weren't quite sure, Pato. but we're chucking him in there because... I was telling you about his run home last year, even though he had a couple of 60s in there. That's Dan Houston from uh, Port Adelaide. Uh, He's currently in 5% of teams. Now, he kind of fell into his own last year and, like, semi-final against the Giants, he got 142. Quarter-final, uh, sorry, qualifying final against the Lions. He got 102. Round 24 against Tigers, 109. Round 23 against the Dockers had a 63. Eh. Round 22 against the Giants, 128. Round 21 against the Cats, one, uh, he got a 61. And then there's 122, 120, 176, 85, 156, 1. Like, dude, dude was pumping out mega scores. Um, I feel like Dan Houston's been slept on a little bit, and you should start considering him for Buy structures, I reckon, because I don't. I don't think he has the unkind buy at all.
1: Yeah, Freo certainly do have a good buy round in round thirteen as well as round zero. I can't and get Port excited Allied. about Dan Houston because uh, that's what I meant. Yeah. Sorry, Frio also yeah. have that. By the way, <laughs> so- later in that group, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I I feel like he's too up and down for my liking. Um, I don't like spending five hundred ninety k on on a guy that. We'll give you 80 than 130. Like, I'd rather just take the 100, 105, 110 every week. Um, so I feel like if you're going for someone with that buy round, I think it's Luke Ryan. I don't think it is Dan Houston. And even though he's a little bit more, I think you pay for a bit more stability and scoring.
0: But it's entirely up to you there, Pado. I reckon, I reckon like there's, there's data there to suggest that like Houston will be having a good year this year. Dude's 26 years old, turning 27 very shortly too, by the way. Yes,
1: and, and he's approaching 150 games. So, he's certainly got the experience that suggests that he is ready for a big uh, bit of a jump in scoring, a bit of a breakout, if you will. But not for me. I'll keep an eye on him and can look at him as a possible upgrade target.
0: Yeah. Um, one that I was talking to you about in preseason is your one of your Richmond boys, Jaden Short. Um Every year, people look at Jaden Short for this, that, and whatever. Um, last year, no one really looked at him because he had midfield status, um, and they thought of him as Jaden Short, the midfielder. Doesn't really fit in midfield super coach, but now he's back listed as defense. And I feel like that you can, if you if you look into the data and you look at his games as a rebounding defender and whatnot, there's warrant that he could push for that top five, top six spot. Um, especially when they came out and said Dan Rioli is going to be used through the middle a little bit more this year in bursts as well. So, thoughts, Pato?
1: Yeah, all accounts is that Jaden Short has gone back to his defence role. Struggled last year with a lot of hamstring-related issues, and I feel like that was probably a result of him training as a midfielder. Um, obviously, you have to score, but you have to run a lot more, cover a lot more ground when you play midfield, and he pinged a few hammies. So... Obviously, that is a slight red flag. Uh, but I feel like if he is playing in that midfield, uh, sorry, in that back line, he is really good value at 551k. Obviously, a huge preseason watch. And it's probably a bit of a watch of who else is playing in defense as well. Cause if it's a, if there's a Trezise type in there as well as Rioli. We'll see who's on kickouts and we'll sort of see how that looks. But if Jaden Short is that main guy coming out of defense and maybe Rioli plays a ring a wing, half forward midfield sort of role, I'll be all over Jaden Short at 551k. I think that's really good value. But it there's a there's too much to sort of question before committing, but I've he's a massive preseason watch for me.
0: Yeah. Um Harry Sheasel as well, uh in that North Melbourne defense. Uh the only <laughs> the only thing is with the she's Um so looking looking at their pre season, they've got Colby McKercher um also playing off the other half um half back flank. And then they were having oh, what's that? Um, Zach Fisher was basically replacing um Zeeble in defence as well. So I'm I'm not sure whether the Shees is gonna have as much of the pill because they're raving about how McKercher uses the ball well and they want to get the ball in his hands. Um, quite a bit, and then Fisher taking the kick in. So I'm, I'm a little bit up and down. Last year I was banking on picking Harry Sheezel to start this year, and now I'm not so sure.
1: Yeah, they've also still got Luke McDonald obviously down there, even though he played a bit more lockdown last year. Just it's <laughs> funny little glitch that I just found on SuperCoach taino So I filtered defence and North Melbourne. And an Essendon player has turned up um, by the name of Ben Mackay. So North <laughs> Melbourne wishes they still had Ben Mackay. Um, bit of a funny one there. But, um yeah, look, it, again, role-dependent. Um If he can get those midfield minutes, I could, he could be a bit of a smoky to get a sort of 105 average. But second-year player, we saw Nick Dacos obviously dominate again last year, and that's sort of the yardstick, whereas if Sheezal can replicate close to that, then he'll warrant starting. Um, but that's a big if, isn't it, Dono? And, uh, we'll, we'll wait and see. He did finish off the, the year really strongly last year off that halfback flank. They experimented him with him a little bit in the middle part of the year where he played a bit more midfield and his scoring actually dipped a little bit in that yeah. role. Um, playing a bit more midfield and then went back to that halfback role in the back half of the year. So, or back quarter mm. of the year. So I, Another wait and see, um, but you're right, like, McKerch is there and, like, that, yeah, we'll, we'll see what the role is. Just um, one to keep on your radar, I think.
0: Now, I'm going to finish off the primos because you've got one guy listed in primos and also breakout contenders. I'm going to shift him to just breakout contenders. I want to talk about Jordan Ridley for a second. Well yeah. So, a lot of our listeners are Bombers fans, so I'm getting left, right and centre different things from Jordan Ridley. Um. The thing that I'm actually concerned about is that now they've had a few training sessions um, with both Ridley in the team and Nick Martin. Nick Martin is dominating the disposal out of defence. He's had a role change from the wing to defence, uh, playing half-back role, then pushing up to the wing. So I'm not entirely sure whether Jordan Ridley is going to be the same Jordan Ridley that people are hoping him to be this year.
1: So... See- this is an interesting one and I don't want to get too high on Ridley because I've been sucked in before and it has cost me. I genuinely do not know how this Essendon back backline lines up because they've got Redmond who had a really good year last year. Mm. They've Andrew McGrath. They've got Dyson Heppel. They've got Jaden Laverde, Nick Hind. Like they've got a lot of running halfback types and that is, um, not even mentioning Nick. Was it Nick Cox who's playing the, the, Defense oh role. Jesus!
0: <laughs> nah, Nick, Nick
1: Martin. Martin plays for Carlton. Nick Martin. So Essendon fans, um, no, Nick you know, Martin are on the way on on the highway on the way down with
0: pitchforks, Dano. Um, Nick Martin plays for Essendon. You're thinking of Jack Martin? Nick Martin too. plays for Essendon, so they're not coming for me with pitchforks. They're coming with <laughs> you, uh, with fish with pitchforks because you just compared Nick Martin to Jack Martin.
1: Anyway, they, they also picked <laughs> up Demetrio as well. So, there's a lot yeah. of that type. So, how do the roles look? We'll see. Um Mackay helps Ridley a lot, I think, because Mackay will obviously play that lockdown defender role. But who else plays lockdown? Um They lost uh. Sir Thatcher, even though he was shit last year. They've got Baldwin, who can maybe play a bit taller. They've got Jake Kelly, who's more of a third-tall sort of guy. Um I don't know how it looks. So, big preseason watch. He's another one that could easily drop a 130 in preseason, and everyone's um, really keen. They've also
0: got Zach Reed. Yes, they do. They're really yeah. high on Zach Reed. Well 90 kilos, 202 centimeters Zach Reed. Yep.
1: Yep. Yep. Who was probably so, a bit stiff not to get a game
0: last year as well. Well, we'll be talking about him a bit later anyway. Yes. Yep. So, yeah, I'm... I was kind of looking at Jordan Ridley preseason and now the Nick Martin news is happening. I'm I'm not so sure now. Yeah,
1: yeah we, we need to see how it looks in preseason.
0: Yep. Um we'll go to some breakout contenders and I just noticed that one of them you've actually got as a mid-price, a cash cow, but you didn't put him in breakout contender, and I want to shift him there. So I'll, I'll name him last. You'll figure out who that is shortly. Um, we'll start out with Hayden Young, the fucking obvious one, that everyone, like, he's in 36% of teams as we speak right now. 36% of teams. He is. He looked good in the middle. He's primed to play in the middle again, Paddo, like, this is his year.
1: 100%. 100%. Um, I, I don't know how this looks, though, because they have said that he's trying for a, a midfield role. They've also got Sarong, obviously. They've also got Nat Fife, who's apparently playing midfield. They've got, um, obviously, Brayshaw, uh O'Meara. Like, oh, yeah. You can only run so many guys through that midfield, so it'd be interesting to see how it does play out. Um either way 525k. Um even if he plays half back majority, like we know he's going to get 95 to 100 anyway. So it's not like him not playing midfield means he will score 60, like he'll still be fine. But yeah. Like, we saw the midfield role last year, um, in, in spurts, and it was enough to get us all very, very excited. His last four games last year saw 123, 118, 113, and 111. So that's what we're looking at. Um, we'll see if he has the tank to run out the whole year in the midfield, but teams don't generally shift a guy into the midfield without being pretty confident, especially a guy of Hayden Young's age, uh, without knowing that he's got the tank to back it up. So I, I feel like this is like, Almost sure thing breakout. I've probably put the fucking moz on him now, but (laughs) I feel like he's as, is as good, as close to a a sure thing in any line, um, as a breakout sort of contender. The really push, probably improve his average by 10. So he's really under, underpriced in that sense.
0: Yeah. Now we're going to go with a West Coast Eagles player here for a breakout contender, Pato, but it's not what all of the listeners are thinking. Oh, it's not your favorite. <laughs> no, like it is not. <laughs> <laughs> it is not Tom Barras. It is not Tom oh. Barras. It is Alex Witherton. Um, I keep forgetting the dude's mid twenties. He's twenty five years old, Pato. Um, yeah. We had Old Man Hearn finally retire, um, and we saw glimpses of what Witherton can do when he is basically the main guy in defense with his kick-ins and whatnot um, last year, especially Um, the last four rounds were a bit up and down as well, but he's like had scores of 133, 107 in there, 123 odd, but he's also had like round three against the Dockers. He had a 22, but again, old man Hearn. So they're going to, they're going to need a new bloke to do the kick-ins and whatnot. And I feel like that it's just going to be a monopoly with Alex with and
1: yeah, I mean, obviously we'll, we'll see how it plays out. I'm pretty confident that Alex Witherden will break out this year, um, and probably push a, a hundred average, um, which makes him really underpriced. I look at their list and obviously it's pretty shit. I don't see anyone else that is really going to take the game by the scruff of the neck like him next, uh, sorry, this year. Jaden Hunt's the only one that maybe, uh, but, I, I think it's withered it and we've seen glimpses of it last year around Hearn and his availability. And I just feel like it's sort of withered and McGovern um, whenever he plays. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's their sort of backline to really dominate the possession out of there. And we know it's going to spend a lot of time down there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, agreed. I'm just double checking something because we'd record live. Nothing. That dude's too old. Fuck him off. Um, <laughs> so we'll keep going. Um, I'm going to jump to Nassile Miller, um the bloke that I actually thought I was going to be starting this year until uh, mm. 40 trades came in. <laughs> um, so he, he's an interesting one because the Saints started wanting him to have the ball in his hands, but then Sinclair shifted to defence again and then uh, it just got a bit messy. So I, f- I feel like this... Kid, he's only 20 years of age. He could take the next step this year. He, I don't think he'll crack a hundred average though. I'm looking at it now and I think he could do high nineties, uh, but not crack a hundred. What are your thoughts, Pato?
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. He looks really good. So I feel like with how good he looks, that gave them uh, the idea to put Sinclair in the midfield and sort of make it Wanganemolera's backline to, to control. But he, he wasn't quite ready for that. I'm looking for a jump this year and I, but I don't think he is start worthy. Um, I think he's probably a little bit too expensive. If he was closer to sort of 400K, I could be tempted. Um, but he's just too high for my liking.
0: Yep, that's fair. Um, one on a lot of people's lips is Kitty Coleman from the Brisbane Lions because he's sub 400,000. So he's in the tantalizing price bracket of a little bit awkward, but enough that it can make your money if he does pop off. Um. Yeah, I. Dude had 100 supercoach points in a half in a grand final.
1: At halftime, he had the, the Norm Smith around his neck.
0: Yeah. Over 100 supercoach at halftime. Like, if there's. Yeah. It's, it, it's his back line now. If Daniel Rich has retired, even though Daniel Rich, like, pretty much wasn't playing anyway, but it's Kitty Coleman's time from now on. I can see him taking the next step. And, again, it's going to be one of those, whether it's over 100 or not, I don't think he'll crack over 100. But if he averages in the 90s, he's still making you money.
1: So, here's the thing, Dano. Uh, He he turns 24 in March. He's played 64 games. So, he's right in that territory of, like, when you look at data and history, real breakout contender category. Uh, Mm. 2022, he averaged 87 in 15 games. So I feel like there's growth from that on offer here. Last year he averaged 71. Uh, some of that could be to do with the recruitment of the Connor Irish McKenna, guy who's but- Conor McKenna. Um, but I, I agree. I feel like this is Coleman's backline to, to take over from. And I think he's ready to break out.
0: Yeah, I agree. And it sucks because I kind of want to. Find a way to get him into defense, but at the same time, we have some good defensive rookies and another mid pricer that should average good. So, yeah, it's a bit tough. It's a bit tough. Um, we'll quickly go on with another one, Josh Weddle. Now, I have not been considering this bloke. You've got him on the run sheet. I, I just, yeah, I, I can't bring myself to put him in. Why? Why you've? Why do you have him on the run sheet, Pato?
1: So when he played defense last year he looked really good. Um yeah and he and he changed he, he he split time between sort of wing and and back line. Um but shows an ability to be able to get the ball. Um there's probably too many guys so he he's probably lucky to be in this uh, breakout contender sort of category but I I really like Weddle. Um I I can see him jumping in average a bit to maybe an 80, 85. It's not enough to be a starter, but you know, do you think he could make some cash? Possibly. So, um, that's why he's made it here. Um, I think this would be a really good draft play if you play draft. Um, mm. but he's priced at just 67. So I think there's room to grow there. Is it enough to warrant starting in super coach classic? Probably not, but hey, This year can be a bit funky and he has the round zero buy and then doesn't have a buy until round 15. So it could be a play.
0: So, the last one I have in the breakout contenders, which you had in the mid-prices cash cows, and I feel like he's a breakout contender, Connor Butterick um, from the Suns. Now, looking at his stats, or let's say looking at his super coach, I should say, not too much chop, but considering that he uses the ball so well, and Dimmer's new coach on the block, and he's come out and said that I want Butterick to have the ball in his hands more. I feel like he might be that halfback flanker that they end up utilising. So, Pato, what are your thoughts there?
1: I I kind of understand why they're so high on him. I need to see it before being excited about him. He's 300-odd K, only played two games last year, and he did score an 83 and a 71, which is obviously pretty good. Um, but I need to see preseason. I need to see round zero. Gold Coast are one of those teams that are playing in round zero. So we are lucky enough to be able to get a look at him. If he drops a 110 in a really good role in round zero, I, as long as, as, along with 80% of other super coaches, will be all over him. Um, he's only played 28 games at AFL level though. So I just, I want to see it first because that's such a shit price point at 3 k
0: Yep. Yep. I agreed. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a wait and see as well. I want to see what he can do. Uh, so, we're going to mid-prices and cash cows. Um, start off with Harry Himmelberg, Pardo. Now, you know I don't like this. He's not he's not playing the full-blown quarterback role. When he does do that, man can rack up 30-odd disposals just in the back line. But under Kingsley, I can't see that happening. Um, he's playing like the intercept defender role and whatnot, but he's not going to be the main distributor out of defense like he was for that period of time where he did go off chops. So what's your thoughts?
1: My, see, I'm a little warmer on him than you. Last year, he obviously started off in a forward role and he was thrown back halfway through and showed some okay scoring without sort of setting the world on fire. And he only had, he had three tons, uh, sorry, four tons, um, in that defense role. This year he'll be training as, as a defender. So. It'll all depend on the makeup of this team. Um, obviously they've got Lockie Whitfield who will play a running half back role, you would assume. They've got Connor Iden, who had a really, really good year last mm. year. Obviously, uh Big Slammer Taylor is one of the best uh key defenders in the comp. Um they've got Jack Buckley, Perryman, Haynes are still there. Like they've got a lot of guys um in that Lockie defensive Ash. group. Yeah, Lockie Ash as well. Like yeah, so if Ash does progress into a more of a midfield role like he played as a junior, then maybe Himmelberg can can improve his scoring. Um I'm a wait and see with Himmelberg. I feel like we can't discount him because he will be spending this preseason training as a defender. So I think it's a wait and see
0: and a preseason monitor. There's actually a teammate of his that I did some digging on and you won't like it because he's a key position defender, and that's Sam Taylor. I didn't realise how good of a season he did even with the injuries. So, when you take out the injury-affected games, he averaged in the low 90s. But then when you factor in, his, you take away his comeback game, he went on this absolute fucking tear of... um what was it? It was 118, 117, 130, 121, 107. But then he did a 65, a 67, and then he had dropped a 27. But that was the one where he got, um, they didn't have any subs left and they put him on ice. So yeah, those, and they, those and five games post by yeah. were nutty. Yeah. And I'm just like, something about it is just reminds me of like a Tom Stewart. Just that run. And I was like, fuck, boy, well, let me look at his actual breakdown. And when you take away the sub-affected games and in that period and that resting game, he averaged like ninety-eight. You're like, fuck. Okay. Um still wouldn't pick him myself, but it won't surprise me if that man actually does come out and just explodes at the start of the season because he's actually had a healthy preseason. Just wanted to chuck yes. that one in there, Pato.
1: Yeah. Look, I, I see where you're coming from. I just feel like his role is too often as a lockdown. Yeah. Where he'll barely get the footy. Um, whereas a Tom Stewart won't ever really play lockdown and has that free roam capability. And we've got Stewart, we've got Sicily, we've got Hayden Young, like guys that are uh, sorry, not Hayden Young, Luke Ryan, uh, guys that will have that, that roaming capability. So yeah, it's yeah. a no from me. Um, and it's a maybe with Himmelberg for me. Yeah, it's a
0: no for me for both of them.
1: Um, Elliot, yo. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh,
1: I feel. We dirty. have to talk about him because no, no, people, I know. people are contemplating it. Yeah. Somehow,
0: he, the old training the house down. Fucking looks in good nick, but how many seasons has he looked in good nick?
1: Well, yeah. How, <laughs> how many people got sucked in by Nat Five
0: last year? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> This has Nat Fife written all over it. Not really, though, because the difference is Joe's four twenty five k. Nat Fife was sub three hundreds, so I I can understand taking the punt last year on Nat Fife. That's that was weighing up the risk. Um, but four twenty five is big.
1: Look, honestly, Elliot Yo could start in the centre bounce in West Coast preseason game. Drop a 140 and I still wouldn't touch him. His last four years, starting in t- 2020, he's played 10, 12, five and 10 games on the yep. year. Yeah. That's a big fat no from me.
0: And he's over 30 now. Yep. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big fat no, big fat no. Yep. Um, now we'll move on. Um, we got a DPP here. Um, I'm assuming this is Liam Baker Pado. It is Liam Baker. Yep. Forward defense, um, DPP. Should be in Supercoach without looking. Is he forward mid? I think he's forward defence because you've got him listed in defence, man.
1: Yeah, defence forward.
0: Yeah. So, you got that DPP swing there. I don't like watching Richmond games because I'm still scarred from 2019. Um, (laughs) So, tell me about Liam Baker and why you got him on the run sheet.
1: So, Liam Baker has been playing in the midfield in pre-season uh, intra-squad games, Richmond versus Richmond. Now, we hear this a lot where guys are playing midfield in these intra-club games, um, forgetting that this is club v club. So one team will have five guys rotating through the midfield. The other team will have five guys rotating through the midfield and there's 10 guys. 10 guys are not going to play in the midfield. No. But Liam Baker provides something that I don't really think anyone else on that Richmond team provides, and that's that grunt it's that work rate and that ability to get his hands dirty. And it reminds me a little bit of a Shane Edwards in that type, in that sense. If we look at Liam Baker last year, where he was playing midfield, um, at the start of the year, like not pure midfield, but I'm talking like 50, 60% midfield, uh, off the top of my head, I can look it up. Um, so he started off with a 63 against the Blues, but then he went 118, 143, 83, and 113 in the first five weeks. Um, and then he started getting throw around, thrown around a little bit. He played a bit of half back while they were experimenting with Jaden Short um, and Jaden Short was dealing with hamstrings. Um, he played forward a little bit. Um, sometimes plays a lockdown forward um, on the other team's good defenders. Um, but the role looks really good so far and the difference is that there's a new coach. So yeah. we need to keep an eye out. He has historically been a bit of a mix to fix it. So wherever they need that grunt, he provides that. Whether it's up forward, in defense, midfield, wherever. So he really is a plug and play sort of guy. I, I need to see uh, what the preseason looks like. Honestly, I, I can't see him playing the midfield time that we need to warrant starting him, but it also wouldn't surprise me because we've got Dusty, we've got Thompson Dow, who we will absolutely talk about when it oh, is yeah. time to talk about midfielders. Oh, yeah. Um, but there's also Prestia who has gone down yet again with another soft tissue injury, but You've still got Toronto. You've still got Hopper. Um, Jack Graham, like, where's he going to play? Like, there's a injured. lot of guys and then you've got the young guys as well.
0: Yeah. I think Jack Graham just got injured again, by the way. Yes. He did. He did. Yeah. Rip.
1: Yeah. Mr. Plot himself. So yeah. I, yeah. W- when a new coach comes in, um, and it probably sounds like I'm Switzerland this whole fucking episode, but <laughs> we need to see the role because, um, yeah just one to keep an eye on keep on your watch list um could provide pretty decent forward and defense cover as well if you're potentially starting with a donut to cover v c loophole sort of reasons and you could just get another defense forward that's one two k and yeah be able to move Baker around
0: going back to um himmelberg, I can't actually remember if he's d p p as well
1: no I think he's defense only
0: yeah okay um Which is weird because he's
1: kind of the definition of a DPP based off last year.
0: literally, (laughs) literally. (laughs) So, anyway, um, we've got Marcus Wendhager next. I personally don't like this one. Um, I I feel like that they're just going to keep using him as like a tagger, uh, run with kind of player, and he's not going to warrant really a selection for me. Um, Did you just put him on there because someone was asking about him? Uh,
1: yeah, I've seen some people talking about him as well. So I thought we'd chuck him in here just to discuss. Um, his first, what, well, eight weeks was, was pretty fucking poop last year. Um, played a lot more midfield in the back half of the year, including, um, some really big tag roles. Um, and also towards the last month or so, played a bit of halfback as well. So I think by all accounts, he is training in the midfield. I'm almost certain though that he will be their tagger. Yeah. Which can be good. He'll get a bunch of tackle numbers, but his possession numbers are probably going to be too low to consider. But, again, one to watch.
0: See, it was back when um, Stephen Cornelio was actually a run with slash tagger, and he would he would obviously run with the best player, but he'd actually work off and get the disposal that they should have got them- himself, and he was getting like 26 to 28 disposals a game. There's like- Winhager could do that. I just never see anyone really do it. They just go straight for the clamp rather than, oh, yeah, well, if they're going to shovel it out to this bloke and I'm on him, why don't I just win the ball myself?
1: Yeah, and I know a lot of people hate him now, but uh, Kane Corns was also very similar in that he would lock down on someone but also get 30 touches on them.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, like, you can still do it. It's just whether I don't think Winhager can. Me personally, I think he'll just be a clamp.
1: Yeah, I mean Ross Lyon has traditionally had those guys that don't even bother about their own stats except for tackles. Um and yeah. just clapped. So yeah. You're probably right there.
0: Yeah. Um we've got Heath Chapman on this list, and I feel so bad because about thirty odd minutes ago it just got confirmed that he's gonna miss round one in thirty-five days or whatever it is. Really? Um, yeah, unfortunately I'd
1: say that this far out.
0: Uh I will tell you why. Bear with me. Um so he had scans, and it confirmed that there was a moderate hamstring strain from match simulation yesterday. And the source was Mitch Cleary.
1: Yeah, but wasn't there a Primo that had a four-week hamstring last year and it missed
0: a week? Was it Stuart? Yeah, and then um, you had, uh, oh, Sam Taylor, literally at the end of the season. Yeah, like I,
1: unless there's, there's someone with a history of hamstrings, which I, to my knowledge, Heath Chapman does not have.
0: How can you properly say he
1: definitely won't play round one?
0: I'm oh, not, man. I'm just reading what the tweet says. Oh, sorry, <laughs> yeah, the I'm ex- no expert, ex- so I'm not going to try and says- say I'm
1: a hamstring is- uh, expert. But I really like Heath Chapman. Really like him. He's at a shit price. Round one and two last year, he had a 90 and a 70, and then he had an injury affected 33 against the Eagles and then didn't play for the rest of the year. Played a lot of halfback in the Waffle last year and did really well. Really well. He's a former number one pick in the 2020 national draft. Went pick 14 is is in contention to play a wing halfback role. Um, which is obviously vacated by the departing Liam Henry. So he's one of a few that are in contention to play that role. Um, we'll see what they do with guys like Corey Wagner, who I don't think they're huge on. Um, Jordan Clark is one that will probably play half back. It's almost locked in. Luke Ryan will obviously be there. With Hayden Young moving into the midfield, though, Dano, there's a spot there, and I feel like it's Heath Chapman's, mm. and I feel like he can score really well in that role if he wins it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, you've got Dylan Williams here, and I actually really liked that until I found out something from all of the match simulation at freaking Port Adelaide.
1: So, so you say that. You just say that, but that's actually Zach Williams.
0: Oh, sorry. I thought you said Dylan Williams.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I probably should have specified. For those playing at home, um, on the run sheet that I've done, I've just done Williams, and I realise that that is like putting Smith down. Um, Who the fuck are we talking about? Sorry, that is Zachary Williams from the Carlton Blues.
0: Well, I'm going to say something about Dylan Williams anyway, because (laughs) I just found out that Jeremy Finlayson is now going back to defence for Port Adelaide. Ooh. He's been training with the defenders the whole time and all of his match sim has been in defence. That's interesting. Yeah. So, that's why I was just like, oh, funny thing about Dylan Williams, but there you go. So, anyway, there's a Didn- fun fact for you there.
1: Didn't Finlayson leave GWS because he didn't like playing defence?
0: He was, yeah. <laughs> no, nah, he-, he left um, the Giants because of his girlfriend or well, wife now. I think it's a wife because she was yeah. battling cancer and, like, She's from Adelaide, so then they're like, yeah, okay, you can go home. Okay. That yeah. makes sense. Like what they did with Zach Williams. Yeah. Um, The whole go home factor and whatnot. Um Yeah. Anyway, Zach Williams. <laughs> um, <he's- laughs> I mean, we can talk about Dylan Williams if you want. No, um, there's no- I was going to say, no, there's no point in picking him. <laughs> so <laughs> He's awkwardly priced as fuck. Um Yeah, yeah cool. <laughs> okay. I'm just looking up Zach Williams' stuff at the moment because I want to see how many people own him. A lot is the answer. <laughs> yeah, there's a fuck ton. Um, yeah, he's too cheap to ignore. 216K. 61% ownership. That and is equal with midday costs. But he needs to play as a defender, not as a honestly, midfielder or a Honestly, winger. at 216K, it doesn't matter. If, if, if everyone's talking about, oh, yeah, he's proven that he can score in the past. Yeah. When he's a rebounding defender.
1: It, it will be interesting to see how that carton backline does line up because Nick Newman's coming off a, a really good year. Yeah. Um, and obviously they've got Adam Saad, who also I think had a really underrated year. I thought he had a really yep. good year in the back. Yep. Um, and they've Docky got the back. Yeah. and Cowan, Chincotta. Like I, I feel like there's, there's three rebounding halfbacks and there's probably really only room for two. Yeah. So. Maybe a Newman goes to a wing, which he has played wing before. But he's not going to like that, and and I think mm. Carlton's wings were a bit of a weakness last year. If it's mm. Williams going to the wing, I don't like that. Yeah. But Williams is so very poor defensively. Yeah, but so it'd be interesting. Big preseason watch, but I feel like even even on the wing, Zach Williams is too cheap not to start. If he only averages seventy in that wing role, that's okay because he'll still make
0: money. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I want to have a look, and everyone, everyone's going to be like, "Dude, you've seen him play, yeah, at the Giants, at, at fucking Carlton. You've barely seen him play, and for five um, minutes at Carlton, yeah, fuck, like." <sighs> um, but I'm actually, I'm, I'm happy that you put this next guy in because I've been eye fucking the shit out of him. That's James Trazise. <laughs> I have been eye fucking the shit out of put him. Put it. Ah. Oh, Mate, I'm dusty as shit. Um, that's actually a Richmond pun. Uh, <laughs> so I, I didn't know much about him. And then I saw his, um, only some highlights from the last round of last year. Um, didn't mind. Didn't mind. And yeah, I, I need, I need more info from a Richmond's fan's point of view here because like, I, I don't know I didn't really look into his v f l because he wasn't on my radar at all and until I saw this last game where he pumped out and like again he got seventeen disposals. I love his kick to handball ratio, fuck yeah um, and he likes to tackle ninety three super coach like fuck if 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 he ends up getting one of those half back rolls or even even a back pocket fuck man i'd I'd be honestly looking at him over Williams myself. That's a big call,
1: yeah, so. It was a bit annoying that he scored 90 on that one game he played in round 24 last year because it kind of inflated his price. So, Trezise was in the Richmond VFL program last year and we picked him up in the mid-season draft and he was great in the VFL and he got his opportunity in round 24 and I would say took it with both hands. He was brilliant. The only problem is there's only so many spots. Um, So, Boston is still around, Rioli, we don't know where he's going to play. Jaden Short, by all accounts, is going back to that half back role. Rod isn't going anywhere. Probably our best defender now, if you don't include a Jaden Short. Um, and then you've got the lockdown guys. You've got um Josh Gibkiss coming back into the fold. Dylan Grimes isn't going anywhere. Tyler Young, one of the best young uh lockdown key defenders in the comp.
0: Josh Gibkiss.
1: Uh, yeah, I mentioned Josh Kibikus. Yeah. Uh, Bolter, I think plays forward, but even still, there's a lot of troops down there. Um, there's I, a potential wing role, which is basically what he played in round 24 last year. Um, but is the scoring going to be high enough? That's the only thing.
0: I can see Boston moving positions to where dude can play fucking anywhere. No, nah.
1: nah. so he, he was actually recruited as an inside midfielder. Yeah. I know. Um, and tough as nails, but. He unfortunately got drafted the team that had Trent Cotchin, the Brown medalist on it. Um just a little bait there for the Essendon fans. You're welcome. Um so he got thrown into the, the back line and he, yeah, obviously was a bit of a natural at it and has stayed there. He has played midfield at times at AFL level, um, when things haven't gone great or someone's gone down with injury, but it's never really worked out. And he I I I feel like he plays defense, personally.
0: Would he play Lockdown?
1: Uh, he kind of does play Lockdown.
0: I mean, like, just purely Lockdown.
1: Nah, because that would be Grimes. Yeah, okay. Grimes will play as that small slash medium Lockdown guy. Um, You know, he plays on Charlie Cameron. He plays on those sort of forwards. Um, And Floston will sort of take the fourth or fifth forward and be able to rebound off them because it's usually some kid who isn't really good.
0: Yeah, Okay. And well that's where yeah.
1: he plays those sort of intercept
0: roles. Well, the thing I like about it is with Trezise, is that how you say it, Trezise? I believe
1: so. Yeah.
0: New coach, new coach wants to see with a clean slate. And like, as we're seeing with this Thompson-Dow situation panning out, which we'll talk about when we go through the mids, Um, the this could be Trezise's way of saying, yo, pick me. I'm actually pretty fucking good. And I don't mind it. It's not like a can- fucking... Uh, a coach has been there for Yonks so it's just said in his ways, like, yeah, these are my guys. You know what I mean? So
1: Yeah, it's a clean slate, absolutely. And Richmond need to start moving towards the future and seeing what they've got in these young guys, because Dylan Grimes isn't going to stick around forever. Same with Loston. Like they're probably close to the end, sadly. Um, and they've got to find who those next guys are. And obviously Jaden Short is there, obviously Rioli is there, but there's probably room for maybe one more in that group. Um it could even be a Mansell who was played forward the last couple of years, who is traditionally a defender, um, out of Tassie. So we'll see. We'll see a lot. Like when there's, yeah, as I said before, when there's co- new coaches start, you've you've got to look at roles and mm. just see see what they do. But Trizise, Trizise, however you say it, um I think he's in contention for round one or round yeah. zero. Technically, we will get a look anyway.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Um, uh We'll move on to the cash cows now, because um, fuck this episode's long. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, I'm gonna just quickly do something because I want to actually see if we've captured everyone of note. And this is what happens when you're live podcast people: shit does not work for you, so you need to improvise. Almost there. <laughs> <laughs> ah, here we go. So I just wanted to go through the list of these guys. So basically. We are looking at any under the two hundred K range for this one. Um so yeah, with, with this, um there's one that you haven't put on the sheet that I'm keeping an eye on, but it's kind of a disgusting keeping an eye on and I probably won't pick him. That's Callan Dawson of North Melbourne Paddo. What's Yeah, Callan Dawson. Do you wanna know why? I
1: had I had him last year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do you wanna know why I'm having a look at him? Why? Because someone oh. Someone's gonna play
1: fullback for him.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, you think he's gonna be the Jack Buckley this year? No. I just I just wanna see how he goes because um everyone's looking at that fucking Toby Pink and I have a feeling that it's gonna be Callan Dawson instead. Um so yeah, I was just having a look. And he's the only thing is his price. Is like a high rookie price, like in the one eighty k range. So I'm like one eighty
1: three thousand.
0: Yeah, so not not great. Um, but it wasn't it wasn't until what round twenty four, um, that he got his chance. Yeah, so he got nine disposals, four intercept possessions, and a couple of intercept marks. Um, in that win against the Suns.
1: My, my thoughts on that is that I think we're actually really strong for defense rookies this year. I uh, don't think we need to spend 183k on Callan Dawson when we've obviously, Josh Gibkiss will obviously be in a lot of teams at 150k, who I think yeah. pretty much plays the same role, but we've seen Gibkiss do it in his rookie year. Um, so, there's a yeah. bit more runs on the board there. We've got a Daniel Curtin who um has really high wraps You're on just him. powering, powering through satellite. these. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've right. just sort of mentioned, yeah, and then you've got the the lower guys who there's actually a lot of, like, guys with AFL experience at 123K, Dano, um, that yeah. I think are a lot better and we don't need to spend up to get a Callan Dawson for his average of 45.
0: Yeah, and that's why we're discussing these. Yeah. Um so moving slightly down, you mentioned him Dan Curtin, 175k for Adelaide. Now, I think he was he had some soreness or something, he was training away from the main group. Um but they'll still probably end up playing him from all accounts. This dude is he could be anything. The only thing is what position does he play in that Adelaide defense?
1: Yeah, he ain't going through the middle. 25 half backs, yeah.
0: Yeah, he ain't going through the middle. We know that. No. Right? So yeah, it's just interesting to see. Currently, I, I'm not sure if I'm going to pick him. I know a lot of people have. I can't see the picked percentage teams um, right now because my super coach has just glitched. Uh, but I'm pretty sure it'll be quite are you, are high. You Dan Curtin.
1: Um, live podcasting. Dan Curtin is in 54%
0: of teams. Yeah. Currently not in mine. And it's just because Not I don't
1: really in mind. Either.
0: Yeah. So um I yeah. I know the hype. The hype is real.
1: I, um, I can see so- a world where if Zach Williams role is shit, I could go Zach Williams down to Curtin and it frees up forty K for elsewhere.
0: So I don't even think you would do that. I reckon you go Zach Williams down to one of these other blokes that I'm about to mention. So I've Marty Hall, prime example. Dude's got AFL experience, one twenty three K range. Proven scorer in the past, too. And then you got it's, Nick it's Coffield just, as well. So, has Bulldogs. to crack
1: the team. That's the thing.
0: Yeah. It's between him and Tomlinson right now. Yeah. Inside word between him and Tomlinson for that defense spot. Like, it's 50 50. But he's proven in the past. Um, and then you got Nick Coffield going to the Bulldogs who need defenders <laughs> Former a higher draft so, pick.
1: Worth, worth noting, Marty Hoare is tw- and nearly 28. He turns 28 in a few weeks. Played one year at AFL level. Then I believe he did an ACL or something, and that's why he didn't get another mm. contract. But he averaged 70 in his one year in 2019, and then obviously COVID and shit happened. So, mm. someone that's just had no luck. So, I, I just feel like he needs to start round one, and he is a really, really great starting pick.
0: Yeah. And Nick Cofield as well, I actually really like. Um And then you got like uh, Tom Clury with this wing role. He's again trained um, on... I'll get the the ma- the match report up for a sec. So, Tom Clury yeah, started on the wing but then moved to defence. But he spent most of the day in defence. So, kind of shit. But I think given that 145k for a mature-bodied defender, slow burn, and then if he plays on the wing at times, he pumps out a random 90-odd or something. Sweet. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Um. Shit, we're As a 13 by as well. Um, who else we got? Who have I forgotten? Oh, your, <laughs> your boy, Charlie Dean, every fucking year. Is he going to be the new Will Gould for you?
1: <laughs> no, that he was going to play around one in the year that he ended up doing, uh, breaking his foot in preseason and then did something else last year. But I mean, we'll see if he cracks the team. He probably doesn't play around one, but he is really good. Um, one that I feel like needs to be discussed and isn't being discussed is Oscar McDonald. Yeah. Um, another one that obviously has AFL experience. Um, and I am just looking. He's not going to be appearing in under Melbourne, which is who he used to play for, but he would be around that age as well. Yeah. So he's also 28 in March, um, and yeah. has, um, AFL history. Um, nothing, nothing that, Sort of, uh, screams off the, the screen there at average of sort of 60 to 70, but that's all he needs to score at that 123 K price. If you're like free, I feel like Frio need that key defender in their team, So hopefully he plays round one and a bit like Marty Hall, where you got these older, experienced AFL guys at, at rock bottom prices. And, and I feel like that's what really allows you to go a bit heavier in your midfield or your ruck line. Well, not that you really need it with Brady Grundy being gifted to everyone at that price, but. <laughs> I just feel like it lets you go a bit heavier in your midfield because you can trust these defense rookies, and I don't. I don't feel like we've had a year where we've had such strong defensive rookies available to us,
0: rookies in general. Which
1: is why I'm going right. with yeah. Which is why I'm going really light in defense. I know a lot of people are looking at um, a really light forward line, and we'll probably discuss this closer to round zero, one, whatever you want to call it. Um, Obviously, Dano, but I feel like the defense line is where you can go. Really light,
0: yeah, I don't mind it, um I'm just gonna chuck out uh Connor O'Sullivan, a few people are looking at from Geelong. I don't know if he's gonna crack that team um he's not over the age of thirty, so like <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I'm just having a look um so
1: o- ocean Mullen. Um, is one I know. Um, he kind of frustrated a lot of people last year. Price 153k, they were really big on him. Um, last year, um, obviously his second AFL preseason. Um, Tom Brown averaged or played one game for 69 last year. I don't think he plays round one. Um, just sort of looking at higher owned guys. Zach Reed is one. Um, he's Mm. a big watch. Um but
0: again, like so I do. don't see how he cracks that team I do. I see how he cracks it. Um they're really hot on him and rightfully so, like he's fucking huge. Um and apparently he's just clunking marks. So we'll see. I wanna yeah. I I wanna see if his name's there lined up, he and let's say a Caulfield isn't, I'm going straight to Zach Reed. Easy. Um there is one that I do wanna to quickly touch on and that's James Leake. So, he's listed as a defender for the Giants. The Giants like were really hot on him and knew that he'd slide in that draft and that he's already AFL-ready made. And the thing with him is he's probably not going to play defense. So, they've earmarked him as like a a Harry Perryman, a Mr. Fix-It. I know it sucks for Supercoach relevancy, but because he's a rookie, i just got to mention it. So, it won't surprise me if he actually does start as like a – are they doing the sub anymore?
1: Yes, that's the
0: same as last year. Yeah. yeah. So, it won't surprise me if they actually put him as a sub. So, then whoever, like whatever position on the ground needs filling, he just goes there. Um, It's going to suck for scoring though because I reckon if he, obviously, if he starts as a sub, he's not going to score that great. Um, But I can see him actually getting a full game at some point. Yeah. So, keep keep an eye on. If he gets named in the actual side, fuck, then that says a lot. yeah. See, I think just those gonna playing be at home, we've got to
1: be careful about Dano being big on his Giants kids because we get guys like, I don't remember his name, but last year you were so big on someone he debuted and he was fucking shit.
0: Yeah. Cause I didn't play him in the position. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, we track, we track the stats in the VFL and when the dude's getting like 30 odd touches in the VFL on a wing and then they bring him in and they don't even play him in that spot, well, fuck. Although he slaps in a goal from 55 meters out on the run. <laughs> First AFL goal. How's it going? Anyway, um, any others that you can think of? We've got two minutes left, Pato.
1: No, I think we've covered the defense really, really well. Um, we were going to make predictions about our top six, but we've run out of time. So we will discuss yeah. that. We'll be provided around one. That's probably one to, to do a bit closer to the season, kicking yeah. off when we get some
0: clear season data. Yeah. Um, Pato, what is your X um, handle, formerly known as Twitter? Is that Pornhub? No, um,
1: P H W T O S triple C.
0: Pornhub. Oh, mine is at mine is at D A N E O S triple C. So from us, oh Jesus, so from us at the Supercoach K Captains. I am Dano and I am Paddock, and this is us signing the fuck off.